0: Turn with me to the book of Nehemiah, chapter number 4. It's Nehemiah, chapter number 4. can be dismissed. I always forget that. All right, Nehemiah chapter number four, beginning in verse number one. I've been looking forward to preaching this. It's been on my heart. And uh, the sermon tonight is directed towards the youth. It is applicable for all of us, but it's directed towards the youth. That's the reason why I've asked you to come sit on the front here tonight. Because I want to preach to you for a few minutes, all right? I won't be long if you'll amen me. All right, good. Nehemiah chapter number 4, beginning at verse number 1. But it came to pass that when Samballot heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said this. He said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sanctify? I'm sorry, sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now, I'm going to skip down to verse number 6 here and just read what verse number 6 says. Very important scripture, I believe. So after the enemy came in and you know, discouraged what was going on. Verse number 6, the writer says, so built we the wall. In other words, it didn't matter what the enemy was trying to tell us. It didn't matter what, you know, discouragement that he was trying to, didn't matter what was being said, the negativity or, or the negative thoughts that the enemy was trying to put on No matter what, he he went on in verse number 6 and said, So built we the wall. And all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. Hallelujah. I want to simply here tonight preach a sermon on the 4-2 challenge. And this is what I'm going to be challenging you guys with. 4-2 meaning, Nehemiah chapter 4, verse number 2, challenge to our youth here tonight. So tomorrow morning when you wake up, I want you to text a friend and say, are you living the 4-2 challenge today? All right? This is the 4-2 challenge, Brother Logan. All right, you got it? Remember that. All right? The 4-2 challenge. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get that engraved into your minds here today. A challenge to what? To revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish. Challenge to revive. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for all that you've done for us. We're grateful for this opportunity to be here tonight. God, we pray right now that your Holy Ghost would come down into this building. And God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to be able to preach, Lord, as you've given this to us. And Lord, the spirit that we felt, Lord, as we were writing these things down throughout this week, God, spirit that we felt, God, the spirit of revival, Lord, that I know that you want to deliver, Lord, to this youth group here tonight. God, I pray, God, that you would do it. Lord, I pray, God, that you would move, Lord, upon our elders, God, to be in prayer for this service. Knowing, God, that around these altars here tonight, we have a great opportunity to see these young people take this challenge and go with it. And God, I pray, God, that you'd help us, Lord, as we gather around, Lord, to take the challenge, but to change. We love you. In your name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. here we know that there was an enemy that's represented here we know that this is a, a situation here where we see the Israelites after a generation that was that was a great generation and all these wonderful things that were done and how great that that uh, uh, Solomon was and how great that David was and, and we look at, at, at times past and we can look and say man what a what a great Uh, 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 heritage and what a great but what about these people we can look back and say what a great past or what a great revival that happened in the past or what a great this or what but I don't know about you but I would love to see a revival in this generation I would love to see our youth group not just have a good service but to have a season of revival Everybody say season. To have a season of revival. We've seen some good services, but what I would like to see tonight is a beginning of a season. Hallelujah. What I'm trying to tell you here tonight is just an experience is great, but you need more than just a a Thursday night, midweek service, revival service. But what, what we really would like to see here tonight is some seeds being planted and some growth happening in our youth group. What I would love to see is a month from now us having a greater service than what we do tonight. I would love to see three months from now a a revival continuing to go on in our youth. Hallelujah. I want to see in our youth something that I haven't been seeing in the past probably five or six months. And that is putting good services together. Hallelujah. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to say good services, putting changing services together, challenging services together, putting them, making it, you know, getting what we used to call getting on a roll. Hallelujah. Going through a season, uh, I'm telling you, young people, it's one thing to have a service where you come down and you cry a few tears. And then you go back to the same lifestyle that you were living. But there's something about being challenged to where you're willing to change your lifestyle and you begin to live different from that point on. And that's what I'm praying happens here in this building tonight is that we have some young men and we have some young ladies that will make up in their mind that they're not just going to have one good service but that a revival will break loose
1: in the young people of Lighthouse Ministry.
0: Home. Let it happen uh, in school. Let it happen on lunch break when you when you take some time out and you find a little room to the side, like we were at the end of last year, junior high, hallelujah, where we were gathering together and we were praying and we were seeing results around these altars in our chapel services. We were seeing results around these altars in our church services. God let a season of revival come. Did you know that we're talking here tonight about building a wall and building a wall does not happen in one day. It doesn't happen in two days. Building a wall is a season of somebody saying, you know what? I'm going to see it through. I'm going to build until until I've created something and built this wall of safety around our youth group. Hallelujah. Season of revival. That's what I would like to see. So we see here in Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse number 2, And he spake before the brethren, the army of Samaria, and said this. You know what? I I want you to understand how the enemy was bringing this across, Sister Cassie. It wasn't, oh, well, what are these Jews doing? Oh, are are they going to build a wall out of that rubbish? Oh, well, wonderful. Yes, that's just great. That is not how the enemy was doing it. When you take a look at the context here, the enemy was being arrogant, saying, what do these feeble Jews? You can see it when he's saying feeble. And he's not looking around saying, oh, yeah, well, it looks like he's gonna, they're going to take this material here and they're going to they're repair and begin to build the wall. He said, what are you going to do with this Rubbish. You see what I'm saying? The enemy was being arrogant with them. In other words, was, they, they were the enemy was used, I want you to get this here tonight, the enemy was used to coming in and doing whatever they wanted to with the city. I wonder if the enemy is so used to coming in that when you come down to the altar and you pray, or we have a, a prayer meeting in here, like we did the other day, uh, uh, in in our in our devotion. In junior high, if the enemy looks at you and just kind of smirks a little bit and says, oh, what are you doing, Isabel? You really think you can be a Christian? I can almost just hear the arrogance of the enemy as he looks at little Jared when he's over there praying and asking God to help him through the, the teenage years of his life looking and saying, oh man, you've already made too many mistakes, Jared. Oh, what do you think you're going to You think you can be revived? You think you can make a difference all the arrogance of the enemy here and I want you to understand that he's crying out right now in your life making you question whether you can do it or not look at it he's calling this rubbish you know what rubbish is we see three elements here that we're going to talk about in this verse verse number two and we're going to start from the back and go to the front okay of the verse That's just going to kill some of you, but that's okay. We're going to do it anyway. Rubbish, useless waste, or rejected matter. Something that is worthless. I'm going to tell you something. There's been times in my life where I literally felt that way. And the reason why was not because God was looking and saying, you made so many mistakes, you've done this. You did. It was because of the enemy that was looking at what I was and saying, there's nothing but junk there. That's nothing but trash. That's nothing but... And, and, and continually feeding me that line that you'll never do anything for God. There's so many more that are better than you. You're, you're so insignificant. What can you do for the kingdom of God? What can you do for your youth group? What can you do for your church? You might as well give up. You're nothing. You're a nobody. Anybody in this youth group heard that? That has anybody else in? I guarantee you that you have because I've seen it on you. I've seen you come to church with your head down. I've seen you as other people got around that altar, could break through, and the enemy was whispering in your ear and telling you that you don't stand a chance. Oh, I know what it's like, young person. Why? Because I've been there in my life. I made so many mistakes, and the enemy was able to look and say, you're nothing, that's what he's real good at, you know. So we see at the end of this verse, the enemy looking and saying this, nothing but rubbish. You're useless. You're a waste. You're rejected. You're trash. Nobody loves you. Nobody cares for you. You can do nothing. I know. I know. Not only have I felt that, but I've counseled many people through things like that. And I want you to understand here tonight, that is what the enemy is telling you. That is not coming from your leadership.
1: Hallelujah.
0: That's not coming from your Sunday school teachers. That's not coming from the LCA staff. Hallelujah. That's not coming from Lighthouse Ministries congregation. That's not coming from the pillars of this church. Why? Because we look at you and see potentials. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. We look at you and see that there's something that God can do with this youth group. All that has never been done at Lighthouse before. That is what we see. We see the potential. So when you hear that whisper, Whisper in your ear, know this, that's not coming from me. No, sir, that's not coming from this church. That's coming from the enemy. Hallelujah. Yeah. Rubbish. Nothing. Just simply trying to discourage you. You heard me tell that story. One day the devil was having a cell, hawking all of his diabolical tools of the trade on display uh, with their price tags attached were all the devil's tools and weapons, the arrows of jealousy, the hammer of anger, the dagger of worry, the slingshot of doubt, the axe of hatred, and numerous others were on display. But one tool stood out above them all, displaying prominently on the pedestal high above the rest of, of his wares, uh, was showcased. The wedge, the wedge of discouragement. Intrigued by this little tool, which was dented and worn with use, a curious shopper inquired about the price because the wedge costs more than all the other tools combined. Ah, yes, said the devil. That's my favorite tool of all. You see, it's so easy to use. It hardly takes any effort at all. All I have to do is get the very tip Of the wedge into my victim. And the rest is easy. Once the wedge is in. I just tap it ever so slightly. And it slides in deeper. And deeper. A small opening soon becomes a gaping crack. Making room. Listen to this. For the rest of my tools. Jealousy wasn't there before. Discouragement. Come on now. Hallelujah. Anger wasn't there before discouragement just simply made anger, give anger a place to come in. Hallelujah. Worry wasn't there. The slingshot of doubt wasn't there. Fear wasn't there until discouragement crept in. That's why the wedge of discouragement commands such a high price. Because it's it's my most effective tool, said Satan. It has opened more doors for me than all my other tools combined. The enemy looks and says, it's rubbish. What are you going to do? What can you do? Discouragement. Who are you? Discouragement. You're nothing. Discouragement. You have no purpose. Discouragement. I come to tell you here today, God sees it differently. We see it differently as a church. What the devil looked and seen as rubbish. What the enemy looked and seen as rubbish. Nehemiah looked and seen as stone. Hallelujah. Will you... Revive the stones. You see, all along, really, the devil knew that there were stones in there. You know what I mean? I believe here today that we can look and we can say, "Yeah, there are some things we make bad decisions on." Did you know that there's a that there is a, one of one of my one of, one of the guys that I really like is how he plays the saxophone. Brother Milliken, he's awesome, really good saxophone player. He actually went one time to a, uh, I think we went to a garage sale, and and picked up, or maybe it was at a friend's house at the toy box or something like that. But anyway, the story goes that it was looked at as a toy. It was a horn, it was looked at as a toy, and he was over at somebody's house. I believe the story goes it was it was in a toy box, and he was, was you know, just just kind of seen it, and it caught his eye. He said, let me see that horn. And so they got him the horn, and he began to look at it, and he, he began to realize that this that had been looked at as nothing but a toy was actually a very expensive saxophone. I believe it was a saxophone. And so they took this thing, and they took it back, and they, They remade it, and if I'm not mistaken, he still plays that saxophone here today. Very expensive saxophone that was looked at as nothing. I'm going to tell you something. You get in the right hands. There is value in you. Hallelujah. I said there's value in you here today. The enemy's been trying to discourage you, but I want to tell you something there are stones in that rubbish. Hallelujah. At the end of the day, young people, there was a wall that was built with what the enemy was proclaiming as rubbish. And I want to tell you something here today. There can be a season of revival that breaks loose right here at Lighthouse Tabernacle, Lighthouse Ministries Youth Group right here at Maxed Out Youth. I want to tell you you can see Revival Break. Why? Because you have value. Because you have potential. Because God sees in you what the enemy is trying to get you not to see. What are you telling me brother Jared? I'm telling you young people it's time to revive the stones. Hallelujah. Stop focusing on things that you may have done. Stop focusing on things, uh, stop focusing on what the enemy has been telling you is rubbish and start looking God uh, has stones uh, in that rubbish hallelujah, there is a wall that can be revived uh, right here at Lighthouse Ministries
1: are
0: you going to continue to believe what the enemy's telling you are you going to continue in this pattern? Are you going to revive the stones? Hallelujah. Are you going to revive? Glory to God. So we see, yeah, the enemy's looking, saying it's rubbish. Oh, but they have to admit their stones in there. Reminds me of a story in Ezekiel 37 and verse 3. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Looking and seeing nothing but dry bones in the valley. And the Lord said, Prophesy on him. He prophesied on him all of a sudden. He said, Prophesy to breathe life into him. Prophesy. Let me tell you something what the enemy is looking at is nothing but dead. God knows the potential. And I feel like that the enemy knows the potential too. Somebody said, man, why am I getting fought so hard? Why is it so difficult? I'm going to tell you, I can give you some pointers on some things that will make it easier, but the main reason why that it's difficult is because God, I mean because the enemy sees your potential. So we see that the scripture says here, what do these feeble Jews says? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish, we know what rubbish is, and we know that there's stones in that rubbish now. But he says, "Will they revive?" My last point here tonight is this: rubbish, stones. But the key to this whole thing, he said, "What do these feeble Jews do? They will they fortify?" Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in the day? Will they revive? You see, it has to take some. ways to revive a youth ministry. You ready for this? Here's six of them. Stop begging kids to bring their friends and speak to their responsibilities as believers. Hallelujah. You're a Christian. You're in the body of Christ. You have a responsibility in this body. In this body. You are a vehicle of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Stop calling your youth group a youth group and start calling them the church, the body of Christ. The hands and feet of Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. You have a responsibility just like, just like Brother, brother White and Brother Bob, and just like just like Brother Wayne does, just like Sister Donna, and just like Sister Matthiah, and just like Sister Barb does. I want you to know you have a responsibility to this body as well. You have a responsibility to do what God wants you to do. We don't have the opportunities like you have the opportunities. We're trying to reach everyone that we can, but only you can be effective the way that you need to be effective when you're in that class or in that class. I want you to understand here today, you have a responsibility. You are the body of Christ. You're not not the future. You're now. Stop trying to keep kids who wouldn't show up if Jesus himself was preaching and invest in the kids who want to be there and develop their gifts, their talents, their abilities and abilities well as as well as deepen their walk with Christ. If you're not willing to lose some kids, you'll never gain any. I want you to understand here today. I can't I can't afford to sit back and get discouraged over who's not here. Why? Because I'm excited about the young ladies right here that are here tonight. I'm excited about what God's going to do with these right up here on the front these young men. What are you saying, brother Jared? I'm telling you here today. Oh, I don't need people are going to make their own decisions. But I pray to God that we have some people right here at uh, this youth group uh, that you don't have to pull them uh, kicking and dragging to come uh, and learn how to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have a responsibility. Yes. David, uh, in the New Testament, they, told, they said it like this. He served his generation. days for people to be able to look and say, he served others. He served his generation. I want you to understand something. Your insignificance only comes from your selfishness. When you can learn to be other-centered, that's when you become significant. Hallelujah. Think about that. Glory to God. Yeah. Yeah. Stop trying to keep the kids wouldn't show up But Jesus himself was preaching. Number four says stop babying them and start leading them. I'm going to tell you something. I've told you guys before. I believe this. And I keep coming over here. Let me go over here for a minute. It says stop babying them and start leading them. Young men and young ladies don't need to be baby. As a matter of fact, I'll go even farther to say this. They don't, need, they don't want to be baby. Anybody in here from, from you know, Logan and, and these, these young ladies that are over here, anybody here want to hear the truth? You're going to get mad if, if one of the elders come up and say, you know what, it, something's wrong with you. You want to talk about it? You're not getting into the services like you need to. I see you. I know that you're not where you need to be. I'm going to tell you something. I pray to God that we have some young ladies and some young men that will take that and say, you know what? Good. Help me. I need it. Stop babying. Church, we can't afford to baby this generation long. They don't need to find a, a, a safe place whenever their, their, their feet get stepped on. And I pray to God that we don't either, right? Amen? Hallelujah. It's time to stop babying and it's time to start challenging this generation because that's what I feel like that they really want. They want to be challenged. Give me something to live. Hallelujah.
1: Give me something to do.
0: know here tonight that there is something that you can do that is bigger than you there's something that you can live for that's so much greater than a selfish
1: life that at the end of this life you can look as a man said I have nothing because I have given it all to
0: him <laughs> stop complaining complaining about what your youth is not, and start praising it for what it is. Too many youth workers have loser limp. The minute you have, to, you, you have to start, listen to this, the minute you have to start justifying things by saying, well, at least... Anybody ever heard that from a parent? I've been principal for a long time. Well, at least my daughter's not like this. At least my son's not like, Bible I said, not good to compare yourselves among yourself. And I want you to know that when we start saying things like that about our youth group, we've lost the fight. At least our youth group's not like that youth group. I'm not satisfied with that. And I don't believe that you guys are either. And the last one here. Stop complaining. This is one that's directed towards the youth. Stop complaining about what the others in the youth are not and start showing them what you are. I'm going to tell you something. If you want revival, it's going to be your decision if you want it. And you can have it if you really want it. And it doesn't matter what they do, and it doesn't matter what she does, and it doesn't matter what
1: he does. If you want it, you can have it. Hallelujah. My
0: God, stop help us to stop looking around at what everybody else is doing and start looking at personal
1: decisions that we need to make,
0: hallelujah, the 4-2 challenge, how about it tonight, how about it Cassie, will you revive, how about it Faith, will you revive, Aaliyah, will you revive young ladies, how about it Kelsey, will you revive, hallelujah, how about it Logan, are you going to revive? Colin, are you going to revive? It's up to you, young men. Hallelujah. Don't look at what everybody else is doing. Don't you worry about how long they're staying at the altar. Don't you worry about whether you're going to look funny or not if you're the first one up here. Don't worry about somebody going to say. If you lift those hands up and start speaking, in a non unknown tongue, God forbid, where somebody else can hear you. Oh, my God, help us to get past the fear and the pride of our lives and have revival. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Greg Steer says this, how to revive or how to start a revival in your youth. pray with passion Isn't that how it goes And touchdowns aren't going to bring revival. And here's the problem. Let me tell you where it is. Are you ready? Here's the problem. The only time you ever pray is when you're down here. And so when you come down and you pray, you hit that five minutes, and then you have that great service, and you're down there for 15 minutes, and you cry, and the Lord's trying to move on you. But the problem is, is that you go home, and you don't change anything in your life. That what has been tempting you in your room or on your phone is still there. I'm telling you that if you want revival, it's going to come from more than just, than, than just modeling what we're supposed to be down here. Somebody do something a little bit different, please. Somebody, please, in this youth group, go Go nuts. And go home and get rid of some music that you need to. Somebody please, right here in this youth group, do something crazy and get rid of the rated R junk that you're watching and the mature junk that you're watching on your phones and your parents don't know about it. What are you saying, Brother Jared? I'm telling you here today that if you want to see revival, you're going to have to change some of the junk you're doing. You're going to have to get passionate about your prayer life. I'm telling you, I'm trying to give you what it's going to take for us to have a season of revival. Identify and rescue, listen to this, the 10 percenters to join you. What does that mean? 10 percenters are this. Are you ready for this? One man said that they'd done a study. And they said if they could get 10% of the population to be the ones who push an agenda that everybody else will accept and get on board. What are you saying, Brother Jared? I'm telling you that if you could get, you don't need 100% of the youth group to start a revival. Just try to find, Somebody that wants to have revival with you. And if we could get, I don't know how many youth we got. Well, we got about 15 to 20, somewhere around there. Say we're shooting 20 at a high. What's 10% of 20? All we need is two people in the youth group that really get serious and want to have revival. And we can sway the rest? Statistically, that's what they're saying. I got an idea. Let's try it. You say, oh man, well, I'm just too discouraged. I mean, look at. There's, we don't have everybody here tonight. We can't break out in a revival service because we so-and-so's not here. and They're the ones who really get down around the altar. and They're the ones who really get. And then and, and then, what's going to happen whenever we get home and, and then I get that text and this and that. I wonder if, if tonight, if I could just get two people. I wonder if there would be two young people right here at this youth group that would simply say, you know what? I want revival. And I want to team up with somebody to have revival with me. And if we could get two, what does the Bible say about two? Have two? Is there two people in this youth group here tonight that says, this is going to be the changing point of my life. I'm going to take this 4-2 challenge, and I'm going to have revival. All I need is one person with me. All I need is just one person to stand beside me. That's all I want. All I want to, you know, everybody else, do what you want, but we're going to go in this thing together, and we're going to, I guarantee you, when you start doing that and somebody sees, oh, one of these young ladies up, Somebody else will say, man, what in the world has got a hold of so-and-so? Whatever it is, I want a little bit of it. My God, help us here today to get two in our youth group that would say, I'm going to get on fire for God and see revival in my life. Number three, and the last one. Are you ready for this one? Don't you lose out with me on this one. You hear me? All right. We've been, through, we've been through what it's going to take. Are you ready? Pursue holiness together. I wonder when it was that you made up your mind. Because I guarantee you, you did at a certain point. You know what? I'm getting sick and tired of being right on the fence. You know what I mean? I'm getting sick and tired of of seeing what I can get away with and be a Christian. What can I get away with and just slip into heaven? I wonder if there'd be a young person here tonight that'd say, I want to pair up with somebody to have revival and get there by way of holiness. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I wonder if there's anybody here today that's willing to put some things aside so that they can see revival. You know what? I made up my mind. I'm going to have revival. I had a little bit of revival. got here. Our elders, uh, they've seen it. They're probably going to see it again. Glory to God. God moving in a mighty way in their lives. Uh, But my question here today is what about you? Here's what I want you to know. Those of you who choose revival, I'm with you. I'm going to push you. You got got an elder back here wiping tears that's with you right back here. Hallelujah. You got another one that's discerning in a classroom right here just this week. Hallelujah. You got support right here. I'm going to tell you something. We're with you. You may have been told that there's nothing but rubble, but we see the stone. But here's the big question. Are you going to revive? Are you going to decide? And this is what needs to happen. I'm not expecting a great big, you know, crying around the the altar. What I'm expecting is to see changes in your personal lives from home to church. That's what I want to see. I would love to see somebody team up and say, this is what I'm going to do to get holy, to have revival. What are you going to do? Hallelujah. This is what I'm going to do to see revival. What are you going to do? You know where the fire falls? It's not on an empty altar. It's on the sacrifice. What are you willing to sacrifice? Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for all that you've done for us. God, this is the challenge here tonight. The 4-2 challenge. God, I know that there's probably some in here that, that may that may just take this as another sermon. But God, I've done what you asked me to do. And I've come and I've presented this gospel here tonight. Exactly what you told me to say. And God, for those that are here to hear it, God, I pray God that you'd help them here today to consider what I've said. As in Haggai, it says, consider your ways. God, I pray that you'd help us to evaluate ourselves here tonight. There are some of these young people that I know are sliding backwards. God, I pray right now that you'd help them to realize what they're doing and where they're going. And, Lord, I pray tonight that this would be a changing point in their life. God, I pray as they come down to this altar, God, I'm not looking for some great big display, but I'm looking for commitments. I'm looking for change. Because, God, I believe that you're going to have to see sacrifice before revival falls on them. And the reason why that they're not able to fill you, and the reason why that they can set through a service and not fill a thing is because the fire has nothing to fall on. But just as soon as they begin to sacrifice, just as soon as they begin to pursue holiness in their life, and instead of living as close to falling into hell as they can, they start separating themselves from sin and questionable things. That just as soon as you're going to let it drop on them, God. God, I'm going to have revival, Lord. I know that this church is going to grow, and we're going to have revival. But you sent me here tonight to tell this youth group that if they're going to see it, this is, to this is going to be how it happens. The enemy has been telling them that there's no hope, that they're nothing. But, God, you and I both know that there are stones in that rubbish. And I pray tonight, God, that you would begin to expose what they can do, their potential. This church is with you. These elders are with you. These young adults are with you. We want you to see do, see you do good because you're leading our children. Our children are looking up to you right now. But the real question is, will you revive? Because the choice is yours. And this is what I'm asking. This is the 4-2 challenge right here. Change something change multiple things, put away something, do whatever it takes to have revival in your life, this is what I'm asking you to do here today, I want you to join with somebody, this is going to be somebody that that you're going to do this with, we said only two could change the whole youth group, who's that going to be tonight, who's ready for revival, Who's ready for the four-two challenge? Who's ready for a season of revival? Who's ready to see growth, not numerically, but in your personal life? Who's ready to see the fruits of the Spirit? Who's ready to see uh, 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 an ability to be able to, to to worship in a service just naturally? Who's ready to see that, young people? Which one of you will be the first one to step out and say, "I'm ready for a commitment." There's one. There's another. There's another. Hallelujah. Who's going to see it? 2% is what it said. Got a lot more than 2% here tonight. I want to see change. God wants to see change. Church, what I'm asking for tonight is to pray for our youth. They need it right now. Our young people need prayer right now.